You are listening to the Divorced Christian Podcast Show with your host and teacher, Darius Good. He is the senior pastor of Bible Gospel Center and founder of Good Treasure Ministries. He is the author of the books, Unlocking Godly Wisdom and The Divorced Christian. For more information, visit the website at thedivorcedchristian.com. And now here's your host, Darius Good. Welcome to another episode of the Divorced Christian Podcast Show. My name is Darius Good. Thank you for joining us on today. Make sure you visit our website, thedivorcedchristian.com. There are a lot of links that I've put at the bottom of our website. Those links provide a lot of the information, the sources of the information that I share on the podcast show. And so I'll take the time, go through those links. Um, You'll find that most of my teachings, majority of them come from Jewish teachings and from rabbis. And the reason for this is because it lays out a much better understanding of the Old Testament, the laws, the laws of Moses. And in doing so, you begin to realize the culture and the mindset of the people during Jesus time. And it makes it much easier to understand the teachings of Jesus because he often referenced the Levitical law or the law of Moses. And so in doing so, it changes the context of a lot of what we believe Jesus was saying, we begin to realize that he was not saying a lot of things that we teach within our church. But there's a lot of things a part of their culture that Jesus was referring to, that he was talking about. And so uh, these articles that I've left, uh, these links, they're very important to our understanding of New Testament. And also it helps with the writings of Paul. Paul was a Pharisee, Paul was a Jew. And so he tied a lot of the law of Moses into his writings. And so even though we're so quick to be like, we're not under the law, well, then you don't understand what Paul is saying. So we can't dismiss what he's saying. We have to understand the law and the points that he's making. And it makes it so much easier to understand our New Testament covenant with God that we have through Jesus Christ. And so on today, um, I have a very interesting topic that I want to deal with. Make sure you pick up the book, The Divorced Christian. You can find that information on the website, thedivorcedchristian.com. It is available on amazon.com. Look up The Divorced Christian by Darius Good, D-A-R-I-U-S. Last name is G-O-O-D, and you'll find that book. On today, we're going to be touching on one of the chapters from the book. This is chapter 13, and it's entitled, Did Jewish Women divorce through Roman law? Did women, did Jewish women divorce through Roman law? Now we're not going to deal with that particular topic of Roman law and their ability to divorce through the Roman court, but there are two high profile divorces that occurred during Jesus time. And this is a topic I've never heard taught. It requires some research on my part. But you can find this information in this particular chapter in chapter 13. So today you are listening to episode 36 and it's entitled two high profile divorces during Jesus time. I'll begin with the laws of Moses and I reemphasize this if you've been listening to the show. Um, I go through this quite often so that we are familiar with the law of Moses. We must have a clear understanding of the Old Testament. If we don't and we make up laws and we make up teachings from the Old Testament, 
it completely distorts the New Testament. Jesus was a Jew. The scripture is very clear that he lived under the law. He lived under the law of Moses. So he was never teaching anything contrary to the law of Moses. He lived according to the law. And if you read through the New Testament, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you'll clearly see that Jesus always, always kept the law. Even when he healed somebody through the laying on of hands, he would send them back to the priest so that they can be told that they're clean. They had to receive a clean bill of health from the priest, especially with the leopards, because they were not allowed to be among the people. And so that, uh, that bill of health provided by the priest allowed the leopards to now return to the community. And so we always see Jesus referring to the law of Moses, even with his arguments of the Pharisees with the Pharisees or Sadducees, he's referring to the law of Moses. He's never presenting a new doctrine or a new gospel. And so this is interesting to me that only on the subject of divorce do we believe now Jesus taught a different gospel or he presented a new um, spiritual truth that had not been revealed in the Old Testament. And it's not true. And so um, what I want to do is highlight there's two high profile divorces. The law of divorce we find in Deuteronomy chapter 24. And so we probably should be very familiar with this if you've been listening to the podcast show. But it reads, when a man have taken a wife and married her, and it come to pass that she find no favor in his eyes because he hath found some uncleanness in her, then let him write her a bill of divorcement and give it in her hand and send her out of his house. Now, this verse, Deuteronomy 24, verse 1, is the law that pertains to marriage and the law that pertains to divorce. We don't hear that taught in the church, but it's all contained in one verse. When a man have taken a wife, the taking of the wife is the betrothal period. This is when the ketubah is, uh, is put together or the marriage contract. That's what ketubah is referring to. The husband and wife or the, the bride and groom, as they're deciding to be, become engaged, they draft a ketubah. Is not drafted by the man and the woman, is drafted by a scribe. It was a legal document. And it goes through everything, which includes, and I highlight this because this is our subject, it, it includes a divorce agreement. It includes the dowry. It includes all these things that the woman is to receive if the man decides to divorce the woman. Now, the second part was and marries her, which usually took place about a year later. And this is when the nuptials were performed, the exchanging of the vows. At this point, the man was now permitted to touch his wife. So the engagement, the betrothal, meant the woman was now off limits to all men, and that included her husband. The man, the husband-to-be, could not touch his wife until they were married. Now we get into the divorce part. The man finds uh, there's some uncleanness in her. Now, the requirement was to let him write her a bill of divorce. That's the first part. The second part was to send her out of his house. That second part is what we find in the story of Abraham when he sent Hagar away. Same language, same uh, Hebrew words are used as uh, Abraham sent 
Hagar away and also Ishmael. But Moses is saying you can't just send your wife away at this point. You now need a bill of divorcement, a written legal document stating that the marriage has come to an end. It releases the wife to now enter into another marriage and also pays her the ketubah promised her in the event of a divorce. It also then requires the giving back of the dowry, which belongs to the father's family. And so all these legalities um, is what Moses is putting in place here in Deuteronomy chapter 24, verse one. Now, what the nation of Israel did because of the language where the man is required to place the bill of divorce into the woman's hand, this meant that the woman could not initiate the divorce. It could only be initiated by the man. Now, this is where Christian teachings get this wrong. They say a woman then can't divorce her husband. No, the key word was initiate. So women could divorce their husbands, but it, it could only be done if the court compelled the husband to then initiate the divorce. So there was a legal process to how that worked. There are several reasons why a woman could get divorced, and I'm going to do a complete episode on why Jewish women could uh, divorce their husbands. Um, but the requirement was for the man to place the bill of divorcement into the woman's hand. The way this was done was the bill of divorcement, which is called a get, was drafted by the scribe. I hear Christian teachings. They say the man wrote it on a piece of paper and handed it to his wife. It is such a ignorant, ignorant teaching. You cannot get divorced by just writing it on a piece of paper. There's no there's no uh, nation that would divorce that way. There's legalities to marriage. There's legalities to a divorce. And so they couldn't just write it on a piece of paper in order to make it legal. It had to be done at the court in the presence of three judges. A scribe was present who wrote the draft on behalf of the husband. So now, with that being said, women could not initiate, once again, a divorce with their husbands. But there were two high-profile cases in which women initiated divorces, and both happened while Jesus was alive. Now, the first one we covered on last week regarding the teachings of John the Baptist and the teachings of Jesus. Both of them reference one of these divorces. So the story of John the Baptist, he began preaching against the marriage of King uh, Herod and Herodias. So in Matthew chapter 14, verse three, it says, for Herod had laid hold on John. I mean, he was arrested and bound him put him in prison for Herodias's sake, his brother Philip's wife. Verse four, for John said unto him, it is not lawful for thee to have her. So this preaching against King Herod led to John the Baptist's arrest and eventually his beheading. Now, I covered this in great detail on last week. I encourage you to go back to listen to, to, to episodes 35. But what John the Baptist was emphasizing the law of Moses, Leviticus chapter 18, which deals with the kinship that was outlawed by Moses that, that they were not to enter into marital relationships with. And it deals with uncles, aunts, 
brothers' wives, and this is where King Herod broke the law of Moses. So King Herod enters into a unlawful marriage because he marries his brother's wife. John the Baptist, the national prophet, begins to preach against this marriage, and it led to his arrest and also to his death. Now, on last week, what I highlighted was in the book of Mark, we have this conversation that Mark has where he talks about that a woman shall not put her husband away. If she puts him away and marries another, then she commits adultery. And what I highlighted in last week's episode was that Jesus does not make this statement. This is Mark chapter 10, verse 11. If you go to verse 10, Mark 10, verse 10, Jesus does not make this statement until he's in the house with his disciples. He's alone with the 12. He's not making a public statement. This is not a part of an argument made to the Pharisees regarding the law of Moses. So in this private conversation, Mark 10, verse 10, in the house, his disciples asked him again of the same matter. Jesus at verse 11 says, whosoever shall put away his wife and marries her commits adultery against her. Verse 12, and if a woman shall put away her husband and marry and be married to another, she committeth adultery. Now, verse 11, we understand divorce required two parts to be legally divorced. It required the bill of divorce, which is called the get, written by the scribe in the presence of three priests. And it then required the sending away, which is also called to put away. So what Jesus describes in verse 11 is not a divorce. He said, whosoever shall put away, they only separated, separated from his wife and marries another committeth adultery against her. Adultery implies that they're still married. The only way to legally end a marriage, according to Jewish law, to the law of Moses, according to the law of Moses, was through death or through a divorce. Neither had occurred. He only put her away. So he's still married to this woman. And now he's gone off and married another woman. And this transpired a lot in the nation of Israel. As I keep highlighting the word aguna, they had to give a term to the number of women whose husbands abandoned them just left them. They did not leave them in a divorced state. They left them in a legal, legally married state, which means these women could not marry another man. And in their cities, it was required to bring their get, their bill of divorce to the priest so that the woman can enter into a second marriage. If she cannot present her bill of divorce, then she's not permitted to remarry. And so these men were leaving their wives and the cities there in Israel had Aguna women, women that were chained in marriage to their husbands, didn't know where their husbands were. And all of these women died in this state. The only way that she was able to get out of this particular state was if there was some proof of death that the husband had died and then the court would release her to become another man's wife. So Jesus is not describing a divorced woman or a divorced man. He's saying a man that just simply put away his wife. He separated from his wife. He went off and married another woman. How does that happen in Israel? Well, the Jewish court did not require the man to have a get. 
He didn't have to have a bill of divorce. Because of the law of polygamy, he can marry multiple women. So there was a loophole in the law, and we're going to address this in very detail, in great detail, in another episode, because it leads to a cultural problem that you will not hear the Jews talk about, and Christians are completely oblivious to it. And so it's a very important argument as we look at the arguments Jesus are laying out in regards to adultery and divorce. Now, in verse 12, Mark 10, 12, if a woman shall put away her husband and be married to another, she commits adultery. The reason I highlight that this was said in private was because this could never happen in a Jewish court. It was absolutely impossible for a woman to put away her husband and marry another man. The woman could not initiate the divorce to begin with. So that was not lawful. And number two, minus her bill of divorce. If she cannot present her get, then she could not enter into a second marriage. It was impossible for her to marry another man. Now, for a Old Testament reference in regards to the bill of divorcement, Isaiah chapter 50, verse one, it says, thus saith the Lord, where is the bill of your mother's divorcement whom I have put away? And then he goes into that which about creditors, which of my creditors is it to whom I have sold you. So all this is part of the law of Moses, part of their culture, how things were handled in their time. But you see this as the Lord is speaking to the nation of Israel in that prophetic word in Isaiah chapter 50, he's requiring the bill of divorcement, the two parts. He put Israel away and he also required a bill of divorcement. This is how God legally structured divorce. So the problem with the marriage of Herod was Herodias was Philip's wife, which means she was completely off limits to Herod while Philip was alive. Now, that's the only way a death was required. She's off limits to the brother as long as the husband is alive because they had a law that required if a child was not produced or a male heir was not produced in the marriage, then the brother was then required to marry her to keep the kinship together and impregnate this wife so that there could be a son. That's one of the laws. And because of this law, then as long as the husband was alive, the relatives was off limits. Same with the sisters. While a sister was alive, you're not permitted to divorce your wife and marry her sister. You can find that law in Leviticus 18, verse 18. Neither shalt thou take a wife to her sister to vex her, to uncover her nakedness beside the other in her lifetime. So it was permitted to marry a sister, but you just couldn't do it while the wife was still alive. So all this is a part of understanding the laws of Moses, understanding their court system and how their laws govern their people during their time. So as we covered on previous episodes, this marriage was an unlawful marriage. The historian Josephus wrote in Antiquitous 18.5.4 that after the birth of Herodias's daughter, 
Salome with her husband, Herod Philip. Herodias took upon her to confound the laws of our country and divorced herself from her husband while he was alive and was married to Herod Antipas, her husband's brother. By the father's side, he was the tetriarch of Galilee. Now, some might read that that passage from Josephus and say that she was wrong to remarry while the husband was alive. But that was not the problem. The problem was the law of Leviticus with the kinship and also the fact that she initiated the divorce herself. So Josephus is highlighting that this was a unlawful marriage in regards to their legalities of their nation, of their country, of what what Moses had established among amongst the Israelites. But the second high profile divorce is one that I've never heard taught in church, but I do cover that also in this chapter as well. And it also involved the family of King Herod. Now, uh, Herodias married Herod Antipas, but there's another man called Herod the Great. And Herod the Great is the one that was on the throne when Jesus was born. So now Herod the Great, he's the one that's responsible for trying to kill Jesus in Matthew chapter two. He has a sister named Salome. Do not get her confused with the daughter of Herodias. So what they did was Herodias names her daughter after this particular woman, Salome. So don't get them confused. These are two separate um, incidences, two separate marriages. So now with the great aunt, most of what is known about Salome is derived from the writings of Josephus. He relied heavily on Herod's court historian, a man named Nicholas of Damascus. Salome's first marriage was to her uncle. His name was Joseph. And you can find this in Antiquitous 1565. She accused him of seducing Herod's wife and he was later executed. So then she remarries and she was married to a aristocrat. His name was Costaborus, C-O-S-T-A-B-O-R-U-S. This is the man that she later divorced. Costaborus was later killed by Herod. So she divorced him first. Later, King Herod had this man put to death. And you can find this writing in Antiquities 15. And it's uh, pages uh, 253 through 266, where they reveal this particular story. At the end of Salome's life, she was married a third time to a man named Alexis. And he was a friend of Herod. You can find this story in Antiquities 17.10. Salome died in 12 AD. 12 AD. That would mean that Jesus was still a child when this woman was, was living her life. And mind you, uh, in their lifetime or the way their cities were structured, I mean, they didn't have internet. They didn't have television. They didn't have social media. So they were very familiar with politics, what was going on in the palace. 
going on with the kings, what was going on with the queens and the generals and the neighboring nations. And they knew of the kings and neighboring nations. And so all this, as they did, dealt with trade. As you see, Jesus now interacting with Romans, uh, interacting with with uh, Samaria, which is another nation. Um, you have to understand that they're fully aware of the current events. So Jesus would have been very familiar with Salome. And let me read this last passage that I have here in my writing in chapter 13 of my book. Antiquitous 15.7.10. Josephus explains, she, Salome, sent him, Castaburus, a bill of divorce and dissolved her marriage with him. Though this was not according to the Jewish law, for with us, it is lawful for a husband to do so. But a wife, if she departs from her husband, cannot of herself be married to another unless her former husband put her away. However, Salome chose to follow not the law of her country, but the law of her authority, and so renounced her wedlock. Fascinating story. And so our teachings on a Sunday morning, as we talk about the subject of divorce, the subject of marriage, the subject of remarriage, we don't deal with any of the current events during Jesus' time. We skip over the laws. We, 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 we think we understand part of the laws of Moses, but we're, we're, we're missing out on majority of their family laws, the family court that Moses established. But these stories are critical in understanding a lot of the statements, a lot of the responses made by both John the Baptist and Jesus. It's important that we understand the historical context. Otherwise, we misteach the teachings of Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us on today. Visit the website, thedivorcechristian.com. If you're listening by radio, join us the same time on next week. If you're listening by podcast, remember to like, share, and subscribe. And until next time, be blessed. You've been listening to the Divorced Christian Podcast Show with your host, Darius Good. This was a Good Treasure Ministries production. Darius is the senior pastor of Bible Gospel Center, and he is the author of the book, The Divorced Christian. To learn more about this book and other books written by Darius, or to listen to other episodes of our podcast show, visit our website today at thedivorcedchristian.com. We pray that today's episode has brought revelation, understanding, and healing. Please like, share, and subscribe to our podcast show. And until next time, be blessed.